Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial and anywhere on the planet at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xonophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, Jules Herbivo, Homer Rodever, and George Bennett all have birthday segments. Actually, George Bennett gets two segments. And we'll hear some nun songs. No, not cloistered women, but the indefinite pronoun. Last week, October 2nd, marked the birth in 1897 in Utica, New York, of Jules Richard Herbivaux, to Jules Prosper Herbivaux, a telephone company bookkeeper, and Helen Regina Jacobs. He graduated from Harrison Technical High School in Utica and went on to McGill University in Montreal, but dropped out to serve in the Navy in World War I. In 1920, he married Jeanette Lillian McNulty in Chicago, and that same year formed Jules Herbivaux and his Guillaume's Paradise Orchestra, which played and broadcast from Guillaume's Paradise Ballroom and recorded for OK. He started in radio in 1921, was a producer for the Keith Orpheum vaudeville circuit in the mid-1920s, and in 1930 joined NBC Radio's Central Division as a musical director, becoming production manager in 1939. In 1948, as NBC's Central Division television manager, he was given the task of getting WNBQ-TV on the air and was its first general manager. Shows produced under his supervision included Kukla Fran and Ollie, Ding Dong School, Mr. Wizard, and Zoo Parade, later renamed Wild Kingdom. Herbavo persuaded David Sarnoff of the value of color TV, and on April 15, 1956, WNBQ became the world's first all-color television station. Jules Herbavo died February 9, 1990 in New Trier, Illinois, and is buried at All Saints Cemetery in De Plain. I've apparently played only two records by Jules Herbavo on the show, so I'm very happy to add these three to that list.
got a happy breeze coming through the trees above. Every little bird sang melodies so gay. Happiness just seemed to hurry my way. Just a little I made me want to buy a ring. Something in her eyes made me realize I'm king. And now the only thing I keep thinking of is a little kiss from a little miss I love.
little wonder they say Eyes of brown may turn me down and leave me crying Your eyes to me like diamonds shine When they look lovingly in mine On the burning sand you on my hand With your sweet desert eyes There was dancing every evening in the Victoria Garden Room at Chicago's Palmer House Hotel for decades, but from 1925 to 1927, the Palmer House Victorians Orchestra was directed by Jules Herbeveau. They recorded about two dozen sides during that period, and we just heard one of them, Desert Eyes, from September 10, 1926. Peter DeRose wrote the music, and the May Singy Breen lyrics were sung by Charles Cayley on Brunswick 3360. Unfortunately, I've not had the pleasure of stopping at the Palmer House, the country's longest continually operating hotel. It also has the distinction of being the first hotel with electric light bulbs, elevators, and telephones in the guest rooms. It's also the birthplace of the Brownie, which will be celebrating its 130th anniversary on December 8th, National Brownie Day. Another center for social dancing in Chicago in the 1910s and 20s was Guion's Paradise Ballroom on the city's far west side. The Paradise was owned and operated by J. Louis Guion, who, wanting to make sure it did not become a place of ill repute, allowed only waltzes and two-steps and forbade foxtrots and the Charleston. It was the largest dance hall ever built in Chicago, but was completely destroyed in a fire on September 9, 1972. We started off with Jules Herbeveau and his orchestra following their residency at the Palmer House, but still in Chicago, on November 23, 1927, with Just a Little Kiss from a Little Miss, written by Eddie Kuhn. Brunswick 3734 was also issued in Australia. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week, October 3rd, marked the birth in 1897 in New York City of George J. Bennett. He died in Los Angeles on July 7th, 1978. And that's about all I've got, other than this George J. Bennett is not to be confused with the English cathedral organist George J. Bennett, born in 1863. Back in March, I played Spring is Here, and here are three more by George J. Bennett.
suggest a movie. And she says, why a movie? Well, I come to my home. We'll be alone. She's got great ideas. And I say, call a taxi. And she says, why a taxi? I don't live far. Let's take a car. Well, she's got great ideas. When we get home, right into the parlor we go. Oh, oh, oh. She sends her dad and mother right out to see a show. Now, I sit on the sofa, and she says, why the sofa? Now, don't be a Sam, sit my lap. She's got great ideas.
George Bennett was apparently fond of long titles, and there's one, I'm Gonna Get Acquainted in a Quaint Old-Fashioned Town. George Bennett wrote the music, played by the New Orleans Jazz Band on a Regal 78. It was also issued on the Oriole label, number 251, credited to the Miami Jazz Band, the record we heard. This was an instrumental, but there are words written by Bennett's frequent collaborators— Tobias Brothers Harry and Charlie. Before that, Lennon Southern Serenaders with another by Tobias, Tobias and Bennett, Good Morning. That's the title on Banner 1100, recorded around January 24, 1921. On alto sax, you heard him last week. That's right, Lauren McMurray. Good Morning was also recorded by Nora Bays as a vocal about a year and a half later but the label of Columbia A3669 includes the subtitle, It's Mighty Good to Be Home. We started off with Ernie Golden and his Hotel McAlpin Orchestra, with Ernie himself singing the Charlie Tobias and Sam Carlton lyrics to She's Got Great Ideas. That's take two from March 15, 1929, on Columbia 1799-D. Last week, October 4th, marked the birth in 1880 near Union Furnace, Ohio, of Homer Alvin Rodever to Thurman Hall Rodever, owner of a lumber mill, and Fanny Armstrong. Following service in Cuba with the Tennessee 4th Regiment Band in the Spanish-American War, Rodever entered Ohio Wesleyan University, and while there, in addition to learning to play cornet and trombone, joined William Biederwolf's Interdenominational Association of Evangelists as a song leader. In 1910, he partnered with Billy Sunday, and for the next 20 years, they were the country's most famous revival team. That same year, with his three brothers, he founded Rodever Publishers of Sacred Music, which also printed religious books and made gospel recordings. Rodever's recording career began in 1913 with Victor making over 500 sides 
for at least 18 different labels, including his own Rainbow Records label, founded in 1920. His home and headquarters for the last 35 years of his life were at Rainbow Point on Winona Lake in Warsaw, Indiana, where he died of heart failure on December 18, 1955. I had to dig, but here are three secular records by Homer Rodiver, better known to his friends as Rody. Here is a wonderful poem of the old-time friendship of which we have all too few these days. I am sorry I do not know the name of the author, for I would like to give him credit. Two old pals. I called him John. He called me Jim. Nigh 50 years that I knowed him, and he knowed me. And he was square and honest all that time and fair. I'd pass him morning, going down the road or driving into town. And we'd look up the same old way and wave a hand and smile and say, Hello, John. How are you, Jim? I guess you don't real often see such kind of friends as him and me. Not much of talking big, but say, the kind of friends that stick and stay. Come rich, come poor, come rain, come shine. Whatever he might have was mine and mine was his that we both knowed when we'd holler on the road. Howdy, John. Howdy, Jim. And when I got froze out that year, he dropped in on me with that queer big smile just on his way to town and laid $200 down and said, no interest, understand, or no. Then he took my hand and squeezed it and he drove away because there wasn't nothing more to say. So long, John. So long, Jim. And when John's boy come a-court and sue, John smiled, and, well, I smiled some, too, as though things was a-coming out as if we'd fixed them, or just about. And when Sue blushed and told me, why, I sat and chuckled on the sly, and so did John, put out his hand, no words but these, you understand. Shake, John, shake, Jim. Then when Sue's mother died, John come and sat with me, and he was dumb as far as any speech might be concerned. But in them eyes of his, there burned a light of love and sympathy and friendship you don't often see. He took my hand in his that day and said, what else was there to say? Hello, John. Hello, Jim. Somehow the world ain't the same today. The trees are all aflame with autumn, but there's something gone. Went out of life, I guess, with John. He nodded that old grizzled head on the pillow of his bed and lifted up that helping hand and whispered, Sometimes understand. Bye, John. Bye, Jim. <laughs> I did please for you. 
this let down a banjo string or two into the deepest of my heart and draw the tune of you. And you, I never know if they will join with with tears or tears. I only know that it's you or tears they shine because of.
there's Homer Rodever with a temperance movement song, Molly and the Baby, Don't You Know. The music was written by J.B. for John Bunyan Herbert, who also brought us De Brewer's Big Hosses. J.H. Taylor wrote the lyrics, but darned if I could find what the J.H. stands for. This recording was made February 26, 1916 by Victor, catalog number 17988. Before that, a banjo song, one of five poems by Howard Whedon in his Bandana Ballads collection, set to music by Sidney Homer. That was recorded by Jeanette on April 11, 1922, but issued on Rodever's Rainbow record label, number 1049. We started the set with Homer Rodever's recitation of Two Old Pals on Rainbow 1039, recorded May 3, 1922. Rodever didn't know who the poet was, and I don't know for sure, but I'm taking a guess it was Willoughby Reed, born in 1865, and for 52 years head of the English department at Episcopal High School in Alexandria, Virginia. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all online, at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. The word none, N-O-N-E, comes from the Old English nain, which means not one. The word none can be used as an adverb to mean not at all or to no extent, but it's most commonly used as an indefinite pronoun, meaning no one, not any, no part, or nothing. None can also be singular or plural. See how many uses of none you find in the following examples. Looking at that woman walking down the street She's the wife of the cops that walks this seat You can't have none of that You can't have none of that Just get your mind off it You can't have none of that See that car load of money going down to the bank As far as you're concerned It's a submarine tank You can't have none of that You can't have none of that just get your mind off it. You can't have none of that. Yeah, man. Well, I can't have none of that. So you can't, that's why. That cute little girl just out of school. Keep away from her, man. Don't you be no fool. You can have none of that. You can have none of that. Just get your mind off it. You can have none of that. You can't have none of that. Too young a girl. 
Don't worry, I ain't gonna do that. Now, Bell House Annie from 29th Street. She's been around so long, she sure looks steep. You, you can have all of that. You, you can have all of that. Just get your mind on it. You can have all of that. Stop powering that girl. I saw your mouth water. If you just want to know, that's a prize fighter's daughter. You can't have none of that. You can't have none of that. Just get your mind off it. You, you can't have none of that. Play it, boy, play it. Shout it. I'm gonna know somewhere for. Yes, sir, you're gonna tell me somewhere. You stay out night till three and four. And come home leaping drunk. That's my business. Then come to bed and turn your back. Uh, Sue, you know that's the bunk. Yes, sir. Now, listen here, Sister Kate. Now, tell Papa who's keeping you out so late. Say, listen, Butter. Let me hear it. I don't mean to cut you short. And I ain't putting on air. What's wrong with you? But I've got my two hands full. Minding my own affair. Now, I wouldn't answer question if I know I had to die. So don't keep asking, cause I don't want to lie. You can't make me tell you so, it's no use to try. Furthermore, ain't none of your doggone business. Oh, yes, that's my business. Let me straighten you out. Now, look here, woman. You must have lost your mind. You must got religion and you don't mind dying. When you talk language, I don't understand. You dumb enough business for the graveyard man. I'm as jealous of you, woman, as a man can be. So you know you done put that thing on me. You getting cooler towards me every day. Now tell me what making you act that way. I got tired. 
Now, what's wrong with that? Sometimes, was after 4 GM, when you put your key in my lock. When I was a good woman, you done everything you could to make me think I was nothing but an old chunk of wood. Now I'm doing what I please. You can tell the neighborhood what I do. Ain't none of your doggone business. Williams and his orchestra with Clarence himself declaring, Ain't gonna give you none of my jelly roll, described on the label of Vocalion 2305-B as a novelty dance. The guitarist on that August 14, 1934 recording was Roy Smeck. I had a colleague back when I was working at Guided Discoveries who, in response to almost any question, as a joke, would reply with, Nunya! meaning none of your business. And before Clarence Williams, we heard Butterbeans and Susie with Taint None of Your Business. Jody Edwards and Susie Hawthorne were married in 1917 and performed together as Butterbeans and Susie into the 1960s. 
They were accompanied on that September 25, 1927 recording by pianist Eddie Haywood. We started that Nanya set with the Hokum Boys, and you can't have none of that. In this case, the Hokum Boys were probably vocalist Bob Robinson, accompanied by Arnett Nelson on clarinet, Bill Settles on string bass, and Black Bob at the piano. That was recorded in Chicago on November 15, 1936. In the George J. Bennett segment earlier in the show, I mentioned that he was partial to long titles. Well, here are a couple more of Bennett's long-titled tunes.
And since she's on a diet, I'm losing a pound every day. Monday, grapefruit, breakfast and for dinner, and at night some orange-fused. Tuesday, grapefruit, boys, I'm growing thinner, all my clothes are getting loose. Wednesday, Thursday, then I feel satisfied Cause then I change the coffee with grapefruit on the side From Friday to Sunday is more than I can stand Before the 18th day, I'll have a lily in my hand My wife is on a diet, she tries to keep it quiet Gee, but she looks like the juice What used to be her fender Is growing thin and slender Even her bumper is loose Round her chassis She's not the same Why, you can even see the bolts That hold up her frame My wife is on a diet And since she's on a diet I never go home anymore I've played My Wife is on a Diet by the Seven Hot Babies, Henry Hudson and his Melody Men, and Al Katz and his Kittens, but there you have it by old Banjo Eyes, Eddie Cantor, on Victor 22189 from October 29, 1929. My Wife is on a Diet was written by Bennett and Charlie Tobias. Before that, Henry Burr with one of Bennett's longer titles, you didn't want me when you had me, so why do you want me now? That's from Victor 18620-B, made October 17, 1919, and the violinist is Howard Rette. We started the set with another long title, It's Not the First Time You Left Me, But It's the Last Time You'll Come Back. That was Bob Herring and his Velvet Tone Orchestra. Not on the Velvet Tone label, but on Cameo 424, recorded October 26, 1923. George Bennett wrote that with M.K. Jerome. Guess what? We've got time for one more, but it's got to be quick. So here's a quick one, short and fast. Galop Bravura, composer unknown, a xylophone solo by percussionist Eddie King, credited on the label of Xonophone 254, as Mr. E. King, from November of 1905. <laughs> Thank you. 
and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs> ¶¶ 